Thanks for tuning in. We're Ace Comicals. I have with me my co-host Rahul Jani and Leon Everett. I'm Greg Driver. Let's get started. Hi guys, welcome to Ace Comicals episode 002. Today we're here to talk about the recent return of the Wakandan King, T'Challa the Black Panther. And this show is going to take us through the first collective volume in the current Tanahasi Coates and Brian Stealth Freeze run. So um, I guess we should start with a plot overview. So this book collects the first four issues and the first ever appearance of the uh, Black Panther, which was Fantastic Four number 52 from July 1966. Um, the main plot of these first four issues deals with the fact that Wakanda is not in a happy place at the moment. It's almost in the midst of revolution. or It's like a revolution brewing. Uh, you've got civil unrest. People aren't happy with their king. Their former queen is dead so which is why T'Challa's had to return because his sister was in charge she died he's had to come back from doing his avenging business around the world and it's now he, he's de- sort of detached from his country and the people aren't happy with the fact that it's an autocracy anymore while he's been gone it kind of feels like some of the chiefs elsewhere in Wakanda have been taking advantage of their power and you know after various different terrible things that have happened to the country it's just not in a good place you've had floods you've had uh well courtesy of namor you've had dr doom waging war on wakanda and amidst all of this as well you've got the neighboring nation niganda plotting to kind of while wakanda's weak they're sort of plotting to stick the spear in and twist it a little bit and you've got a couple of interesting dudes uh on that side of the story as well so um it's it drops you right in the middle and it's a very 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 interesting place to be so i guess i will start with what we knew about black panther coming into this so i'll start with you rahul what did you know about black panther if anything before coming into this and reading this volume (laughs) right i knew very little about black panther before coming into this i think like I was aware that he was a character in the Marvel Universe, but I had never read anything about him. And then my first proper exposure was from the Civil War film, uh, spoilers, where Black Panther arrives and he's he's quite a prominent figure in the film. And I think that's what led me to being interested in this particular comic, because it coincides with his appearance in Civil War. Overall impressions with the comic, like like you said, there's, there's a lot going on and it it kind of starts in media res, which I anything to do with politics, I find particularly confusing to follow. So I think I'm going to need to give it another read. But I like the style. I like the artwork. It's got some really interesting characters. And I just I can't wait to see where it's going to end up. And I'd like to hear what you guys think, because it might help clear up some plot issues for me. Leon. Going in, I had quite a limited exposure to Black Panther. I'd known of him known some of the context, being one of the first, if not the first, mainstream black superhero, and used sort of the rough idea and context behind him, being like a king and having his own nation. But otherwise, it was quite limited. I hadn't read any Black Panther, and sort of actually seeing what his character was like the first time I was exposed to that was also in the uh, Civil War film last summer. 
like with, with him, I knew that in contrast to other sort of like black superheroes around the time, like say, for instance, Luke Cage, whereas like Luke Cage, while being awesome, did uh, embody some uh, hangovers stereotypes from like being born of the black exploitation era that Black Panther is quite a contrast to that in terms of being you known as being like one of the most wise superheroes and also regal and head of his own nation, which happens to be the most advanced on the planet. So I always thought that was quite interesting how they've gone to Africa, a continent known for being third world and uh, deprived in, in many ways. And they've created a society there that is more advanced than the rest of the planet. So I always thought that was really um, interesting. And in prep for this episode, I did go back and read some of the jungle action issues, especially the stuff where he, um, Black Panther, goes down south and uh, ends up fighting the uh, the KKK, which I thought was quite interesting. So it, it's it seemed like he's been a useful conduit for telling for allowing Marvel to tell some socially conscious stories back in the um, the seventies and um, so on. It seems as he seems to have been a character that a lot of interesting black writers have had a chance to use, such as uh, Priest uh, and uh, Hudlin, yeah. and now Coates. And what what really got me excited about this particular comic, this run, is I'm a fan of uh, Coates' writing, his journalistic work um, and political writing in The Atlantic, um, and also a fan of his books. So when I heard that Marvel got him writing a Black Panther comic, and it, as uh, Rahul said, it was coming out around the time of the movie as well, it felt like a great marriage and um, the perfect time for me to jump on board. My overall impressions with these first four issues, it, it jumps, it, it drops you off in the middle of the story and things are going on uh, and loads of names and events that have happened in the past are referenced. And I'll start off with my negative to get that out of the way, that I think that even though it feels like it is done by design, as it seems that he could have retconned and started afresh and done what he wanted and had which characters he wanted, as there are some popular uh, Black Panther characters who are dead at this, uh, this um, at the start of this um, from the past events that Greg mentioned earlier. But um, what I, I respect, and uh, having read it a second time and seeing sort of the intent behind it, I can understand why things start off so dizzying and confusing. Mm-hmm. And it's because uh, he didn't retcon it because he wanted uh, that history to be there and to weigh on every character, especially T'Challa. So I, th- I think while it does drop you in the deep end, and I think that will be a uh, a bit of a barrier for newer readers, I do think part of it suffers because of that. And that might be yeah. down to some teething issues with learning yeah. the form. But I feel that even over the course of the four issues that that element gets better and he sort of steps aside uh, with his words and lets leaves it more to the yes. artists. And uh, uh, yeah. I think, yeah, I think with that, you get a clearer understanding and view of what's yeah, happening. He... Going on the, the positives in my impressions, I think it's very effective building a troubled Wakanda. It, it, it feels like a nation of unrest. And despite all these uh, technological advances, it feels like it has income uh, and economic disparity just like every other first uh, every other d- advanced nation and i think what i really like is how nuanced the characters are without getting into specifics each character whether they're 
the good guy or the uh, bad guy type characters. Everyone has shades of gray and is imperfect. And it feels like everybody is doing what they think is right. There doesn't seem to be any mustache twirling, even from characters who are set up to feel like the most evil. It feels like everyone has a, a, a wider goal. And, and it, for the most part, it seems that wider goal is actually something egalitarian and something that would be beneficial to Wakanda as yeah. a whole. So I, I think that is really interesting and a really in, a really smart way to attack a story yeah. like this. I think you've pretty much covered it, Leon, as, as far as my first impressions go as well, because I, I had a pretty much similar experience to you being dropped into it. Having not read an awful lot of Black Panther solo comics, like most of my exposure to Black Panther has been through Avengers comics or, you know, other, otherwise where he's appeared as like a guest character kind of thing. And in prior to this, I've read those very same comics you have, those, those jungle, old jungle action issues from the 70s. And uh, even like um, you were mentioning about them using him as a conduit to discuss issues. I think there's some stuff from, I think it might be the 80s run, where they deal with, you know, they they send him to apartheid South Africa, and he has there's like mm. a, there's like a section where he's in apartheid South Africa, I think, but yeah, it, it's it it's it drops you right in the middle, but it's it's like an in, a very interesting place to be, I think, and and although it, it's kind of jarring, and and on first read, bits can seem confusing and things you might not understand, when you go back through it again, you can kind of see that it all just sort of slots into place. If you know, if you do like a secondary yeah. read and you flick through it again and you look at bits and you think, you know, it actually makes sense that he's done what he's done. And although you may think things aren't explained, it doesn't necessarily need to be. Um, well, can I can I ask a question then? Because um, so it definitely is a continu- continuation and not a reboot or a reimagining of the character uh, no, fresh, no, it's, correct? It's yeah, definitely a continuation because of the the fact that it's. It, 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 it takes into account everything that has happened previously and there's no there's no it's no total reboot it's not a fresh a fresh character because he's still his sister's still there she's still in the um city of the dead yeah see because i i i think i wasn't aware of all the pre-established characters and i went in thinking that it was a reintroduction for new readers um which clearly clearly it wasn't but the thing that confused me was I was under the impression that it was a a green T'Challa, like he was new to this and it was um, like seeing how he grew into the Black Panther that we know, for example, from the films. And I guess the, the it's quite the opposite. There's He's got a weight of history behind him. He's got a weight of being this wise king. And now he's struggling to rule over this kingdom, which is fractured. Is that is yeah, that right? Yeah, it, it's the guy who uh, this is T'Challa who has left, has been part of the Avengers, has right. saved the universe, and has constantly left Wakanda. And uh, as different elements have brought up, stuff has happened in that time, mm. and he's back now. And the Great Wakanda, the the unconquerable nation, is uh, breaking at the seams. Yeah, because I'd say then that I would agree with those the brief negatives that you guys picked on in that it doesn't actually mention anywhere that he's been a part of the Avengers all this time or he's been away from the country or maybe I just glossed over it well that that stuff is in there um I just think that the way it starts doesn't really give you a full indication but then a lot of characters he speaks to such as his his mom and other people do add that layer but I think 
the beginning is quite dizzying that you might miss that stuff. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's um with the, with the like you know when they they these like pre-established characters and everything else. It's um it I can I can see why it'd be quite jarring for you with all the names being thrown around and not understanding like what each part is and everything else. So what what we're looking at here is a nation that is really detached from its leader. They don't really recognize him anymore he's been gone he's come back as we've as we've already mentioned multiple times um and now you've got like total dissolution with the monarchy like the people themselves are unhappy with the fact that it's one man in charge they're starting to think hold on a second you know we're, we're a really advanced nation why why are we still dealing with like uh, outdated politics you know pomp and circumstance and everything else we don't necessarily need this. We we should have a Wakanda for the people, which is like a big line in the story, I guess. And this is why you've got like uh, all these. Um, well, it, it, he's got this. Uh, he's got like a ceremonial honor guard. Um, they're like ceremonial wives. They're called the adored ones, um, or uh, Dora Milaje. D Dora Milaje, I think it is, isn't it? Is that correct, guys? Yeah, Dora yeah, Milaje. Yeah, and uh, those guys basically since he's been gone sort of they've kind of gone rogue a little bit um you've got one of them that has been put in prison for executing one of the tribal chiefs for he's like abusing his influence and everything else and he's uh he, he's just being a general very nasty person he's you know a rapist and everything else and, and he's totally abusing his power and she kills him for it now she gets arrested for that and has to stand trial and she gets sentenced to execution now one of the other honor guard which is like her lover frees her and these two are now going around as a pair of vigilantes and those two are almost attempting to instigate a revolution that they're, they're going around taking down tribal leaders uh freeing freeing people from the influence from the tyranny and then saying they they're basically stating that wakanda should not be ruled by one man and all of this is going on and porter is trying to hold his country together and amidst all of this as well He's got trouble coming uh, over the border from his neighbouring nation, which is Niganda. And those guys have always had a bone to pick with the Wakandans. They've never liked the Wakandans. And they're seeing this as like a sort of a prime opportunity. You've got two interesting characters there as well, which are kind of like the main villains of the book. You've got a, um, a shaman called Tetu, who has the power to control nature. And you've got a, a, a woman called Sens, who can bring out people's intentions like if he she can she can like seems to be able to isolate an emotion and then bring it to the forefront and work on it so she can she can isolate the anger in the wakandans and bring it up to to the surface to create civil unrest which is what happens at the beginning of this book where it's it starts in the midst of like a a, a riot at the great uh, the great mound which is like the uh the, the vibranium mound in wakanda where everyone gets their vibranium from from their technology vibranium being the metal that is which is what makes wakanda wakanda basically and what makes it the most advanced place on earth i get yeah he's he's less adored than in previous incarn incarnations um the people it, it, he's got some work to do basically he's got to win the trust back of his of his nation i think and that's that's the whole point I'm trying to make with this one Looking at the creative team behind this book, uh, Coates, Stelfries, and Martin, what do I mean? We already know Leon's a fan of Coates, but what what did uh, what did you know, Ray, coming into it? Did you have you uh, encountered any of their work before, or uh, not at all? I mean, 
Um, I, I might go into this a little bit later, but I'm a big fan of Coates now after having been introduced to his work through this comic. As for the art, I really like what Stelfreeze does with a lot of the shading in this. I mean, it, it's it's a weird one because I find that it's it looks much like any other comic, especially in the Marvel uh, set. But he does some really interesting things with like lighting and contrast and silhouette. There's a, a bunch of scenes where there's two uh, prominent figures talking in front of a fire and all of their features are dropped into silhouette, but you can see uh, various like tribal tattoos or technologically based tattoos um, highlighted mm. in the fire. And I really like some of those aspects or there's this like uh, a wise lecturer character and there's some scenes where he, you his face is framed by his his white dreadlocks but his face is purely in silhouette and i i think there's some interesting artistic choices See, there. I, I i like his artistic choices in the way that he if you've seen uh any of the original sort of like jack kirby black panther stuff like the, the way back when it was like when he first appeared when he first appeared in the uh, fantastic four comics that kind of thing you can see the influence in some of the way he draws the technology. So, you know, when you look at um, the way the masks peel back off the faces in some of the panels, and you've got all these different mm. lines and circles and stuff like that, that's very a very, very Kirby tech thing, I think. And it's like, it goes back to that yeah. psychedelic Kirby artwork that I love. And it's almost like a printed circuit board, like peeling yeah. away from yeah, their yeah. face. And even yeah. with the tattoos that they have underneath. Like some of these, some of these mm. characters have um, like facial tattoos and stuff, and uh, it's it's the same, it's the same kind of thing. I think the tattoos are probably maybe some kind of implant. I'm not sure how that works in this, but yeah, they they look because there's points where they glow. It, it it's just it just looks very very Kirby esque, like like the Celestials, you know, when when Kirby draws like mm -hmm. these big characters from outer space and whatever, and it's just that kind of you know. It's it's the little yeah I do like that yeah. it's it's the little nods that I like and I, I like yeah and I like that it's not clear that it's it's either tech or it's tattoo or it's yeah. part of something they've implanted or whatever I, I yeah. like that the tech is still it still feels like old world so you know the way the way they they do everything the tech's there but it doesn't it doesn't feel like tech tech it still feels like tribal. If you, yeah, mm. so so the way the way I mean the the suits that the um, the two um, rogue Dora Milache wear, the, the midnight, midnight angels. angels, yeah, the suits yeah. that the midnight angels wear, it still feels very tribal, even though it's like really really high tech, and they're like high tech prototypes, and I do I do like some of the colouring and the, sh the 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 colours are, you know, the colour choices, the palettes used and whatever, it's it's really really quite a gorgeous book actually. Especially the way the way they draw the way fire and things like that are represented, and um, the way that you know these uh, the sky, I guess, in this book. You know, if we go into some of the panels and we look at the sky, like where the, the way they they rep, like the way the night sky has been inked in, and uh, when you've got like these sunsets and and you've got like these. Um, you've got like these great these like panels where it's just like a great plane like later on like a desert like a, a, a and and but even though it is just a, a section of desert and it's just dry and it's nothing the, like the sky in the background it's not an empty panel you know yeah it's a, it's a very romantic view of yeah. uh like the african landscape i think which I that, really that like. panel could be dead empty that that's just a desert that panel could just be like orange mm -hmm. <laughs> they didn't they didn't need to do anything special with it but they did and it it, it all the better for it i think 
yeah, there's this one page where I think towards the end of issue two, perhaps, where we see like a, a landscape of the plains and all these big rocks mm. jutting out from the from the ground in front of a, a lake or yeah. a river. And yeah, it's just gorgeous. All the colouring is really yeah. nice. I mean, like before coming into this, I didn't have much of a knowledge of Coates or Stealth Freeze myself. I know that Stealth Freeze has worked in comics for a long, long time, and I've seen some of his work and whatever, but it's not... I guess all of these guys, for me, I mean, they're not people that were, like, initially on my radar. I know Coates has never written for comics before, and I have read a couple of his articles and stuff since, but it's like, you know, considering that he's never, he's never actually written for comics before, I think he's turned his hand to it quite well. And I, I like this partnership, actually. I think they work well together, and I think... I think I know, I know that, that Stell Freeze is, is the pro here, and he's probably leading Coates a little bit and teaching him the ropes and everything else. But I still think that it's, it's a very good partnership, and I think I'm, I'm, I look forward to more content from these two. I don't know if you guys agree. or Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll just add to some of the praise that you guys have been bestowing on uh, Stell Freeze. Is, yeah, I agree with everything that you guys have said. Um, I think his art is really like, sharp and defined and very clear from panel to panel which i quite like he's able to convey a lot in minimal frames and like in the start of issue one uh before we've even had the uh the title splash page there's an image and it's this is like page one and it's black panther on his knees and behind him is the the page is split split into three vertical panels and on the left we have his dad in the middle, we have Namor, uh, like half submerged. And on the right, we have the Dora Milache sort of turning their back. And in those three panels, yeah, there is a uh, narration there, but it's very, it, it, it's very uh, short uh, narration. But I think those three panels are done in, in like very different art styles and at the same time are able to convey so much. It's like a, a cool montage scene or at the beginning of a film done so effectively one thing that i uh picked up on uh that is backed up from an interview that we'll put in the show notes where it's um uh Ta-Nehisi coates talking at a uh, dc comic shop um for about two and a half hours but he has a lot of uh, cool um insights into their working relationship and um him said his main thing he was saying is that his main job was and he got better as it as he went along was learning to get out of the way of uh stealth reason martin so to create his story edit his dialogue uh like trim it down so that the, it remained as visual as possible and then just hand it over to his to the art team and then just leave it over to them uh, and as greg was saying you can feel that partnership the as a team it just seems so effective that doesn't doesn't seem to be a battle like you can often see where like you've got this great bit of art but half of the panel is taken up by a narration or a speech bubble and this that feels like a nice especially from issue one which is crazy considering that it's all their first time working together but yeah it is it is quite effective um and i think it helps uh propel the story uh going on um i just want to say a few things about martin while uh drop into coats is um i think like uh laura martin her colors are really like 
expressive. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah. And w one thing that I super noticed, I mean, it's really apparent in the daytime scenes, especially the ones in the main Wakandan city, the capital, where everything's sort of like glowing. I mean, you've got like standard sort of African like tones, but they're all like technicolor and bright. But um, it's like it's the nighttime scenes uh, that I think are really yeah. effective. Um, because a lot of the time that it can be it can be quite hard to see really and make out details mm. but i think um a lot of the sequences are very uh clear and clean um another thing that i'm uh, quite appreciative of is how well uh stealth Freeze and martin work together with all the characters like the character design i think is really interesting the different hairstyles used um as Rahul mentioned, mm -hmm. uh, Stelfreeze's framing. Uh, I think Martin's uh, use of like um, different hair and skin tones, uh, the the color used with like the tattoos as the, as they effectively glow in the dark for us. I, I think are, are very effective and uh, help uh, solidify this this world of like uh, technological advancement and uh, excess, but also one that is very human um, and going yeah, through a lot of issues at like the moment. like what I was saying earlier, technological excess steeped in tradition. So it's, it's, kind, of a, it's yeah. kind of a weird marriage, but it's, um, it, I, think, I think it's quite a good one, to be honest. I think, I think it works nicely. Um, Definitely. Yeah. And, war. and one of the things that you mentioned, Leon, the... Um, like the range of skin tones I was really impressed by throughout the entire thing. Although you mentioned hairstyles and like, that's something I didn't really consciously pick up on, but yeah, you're right. There's so many different, um, like it's, it's such an important way to define and vary the characters. And I think, yeah, that's, that's yeah. really interesting. I'm going to have to look through it again and see all the different like, variants. Yeah. It's cool. That's, that's kind of cool. That is, I, I, I picked that up myself actually at points where there's like people and uh, uh, yeah, I picked up again, like the way, they draw the, with the nighttime scenes or with scenes in low light, you know, like the reflection of the light on, on, on the mm. characters themselves and things like that. Yeah. yeah. And I thought, I thought that was really good. Yeah. The lighting is fantastic yeah. in this. So, I mean, I guess we should come to some conclusions. Well, I just want to say a few things about yeah. Yeah. Coates. Go ahead. Like, I think with Coates, um, I think, I think what I really like about his writing in this issue is that, uh, I mean, and he's coming from a background of being a massive comic book fan his, himself. What I really like is that he has this respect for the history, even stuff that he may not have liked so much happened. He's thought it important enough that you can't retcon out history. History happens and it shapes you and it affects you and, well, you didn't like you may not have liked a particular arc that yeah. happened that's what's happened and that's the state Wakanda's yeah. in so while it does i think while the execution of it is a bit confusing uh, especially in the beginning i i do respect him doing that and by doing that we get a t'challa who is not this badass african uh shaft going around um uh, out thinking everybody and beating everybody up instead uh we've got someone who was that but is now having to deal with uh politics of his nation and um very much so that i think uh it's likely that uh older black panther uh, in past stories 
was um, a king who was a superhero. It feels like this uh, incarnation of T'Challa is a superhero who happens to be yeah. king, um, and you you it, it, it's effective in showing uh, the issues you'd have with that and how they would weigh heavy on someone. And it's, um, I think that the writing is super lyrical um, mm. and like multi-layered uh, uh, and dense, but in a good way. Uh, I, there's a lot of uh, texture to what characters are saying, it, it, and it comes off as being poetic uh, as opposed to didactic, which is something that I fit, feel is quite similar with his his written work. Yeah, as he takes on a lot of serious issues and often from a standpoint of resistance, but instead of preaching at you or instead of telling uh, uh, certain readers off, instead it, it's a more personal um, expression that fits the mm. wide, wider yeah. whole. Uh, it's um, using the, sp- the specific to talk about the general, which I think is really interesting and really effective um and what you get is like you have characters they do like uh, state how they feel but it comes off as raw data and emotion and not some refined soliloquy of someone stating all the bad things that's happened and all the all the bad things they intend to do yeah, or whatever yeah. and I, I do do what, quite like what that. i think as well about Coates is the fact that I think it was pretty brave of him actually to not just sling everything in the dumpster and start over like to to take on all the history and try and run with that instead of trying to do like a total reboot because he could Mm. easily have started over and done his own interpretation of of Black Canvas Blank Canvas would have been easier for him I think but I think it was quite brave of him to to go back and to and, and, and quite you know quite good of him to to learn all of that because he must, um, the the amount of research he must have had to do, yeah, yeah, the amount of comics he's had to read. It's, it's a lot yeah. of history. It's a lot of issues of Black Panther as well, um, but yeah, he's 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 and he, yeah, he's he's done definitely done a good job of it. I'm, I'm I am impressed. Yeah, I like that point you made, Leon, about the weight of all this fictional history, like for good or bad, it was it's there and it was present and it shaped the character. And that does seem to be a really big part of his own personal philosophy from mm. from his external works. Uh, yeah, I like how he's done that. Yeah. Let's do some quick conclusions. And so before we move on to the spoilerier bit, what do we think of the book overall? So start with Rahul. Yeah, I think, honestly, I think I'm going to have to give it another read now that I, it's been recontextualize for me because now that i know that it is a continuation maybe i should go back and reread some of the previous stories or just get a brief briefer overview of the character itself for himself and what it you know what his history is um but yeah like i said i love the art style um the writing is very lyrical and poetic and i think sometimes that can be a bit of a barrier as well because you have to I've noticed this from reading Coates's uh, articles and books as well, but sometimes because he describes things poetically, uh, you have to go over them a couple of times to understand the, the, the point that's being made as opposed to just the emotion mm. that's being yeah. pushed through it. Um, but yeah, I think this definitely warrants and deserves a second read on my part. So I'll... Yeah. Leon? I, I liked it. Uh, yeah. Um, I would, this is a book that I would um, definitely recommend and 
uh, like did recommend <laughs> to you guys. Um, yeah. And I, I, I think the main thing it, it gets right is that it takes the risk of taking a character who whose popularity is on the rise uh, in, in general culture and instead of using this character as just a conduit of badassery, instead is has got the character dealing with a lot of a lot of issues, uh, internal and external. And I think that makes the book quite quite an interesting read. And I think it's handling so much, but it doesn't feel like it's overstuffed. And I think these first four issues are a good indication uh, of what is to come. I think it's um, quite refreshing in terms of how it's uh, its representation. Hmm. I think it's, um, it's, it's, it's done as quite a light hand uh, and it's not done in a particularly preachy look at us way, um, which I quite like. And at the base of it, regardless of people's uh, genders, orientations, or uh, ethnicities, um, everyone feels like a character um, and they have the same nuances and shades of grey as everyone else, which it I quite like. It doesn't feel um, like they're putting stuff in just to tick boxes. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. and it doesn't feel like, oh, well, you've got this, like, headline writer who is uh, known for writing a lot about uh, race polit- politically um, uh, paired with like a character who's going to be like the first uh, like going to have the first like movie for a black um, superhero so th- there's a lot of opportunity there with less uh, depth hands to create a sort of a one note type of character and world and it's just like Look how awesome these black people are, but I think what it does it it it, it uses all these tensions, borrowing from history and borrowing from like now uh, culture across the whole uh, diaspora, whether it be in America or Africa, uh, and I think it does that very effectively. And I think it's just really cool to have a team which is uh, like two black guys and a woman um, having creative control over quite an interesting and important character. I think it's nice to have these different uh, viewpoints and these different um, uh, people from different uh, sort of walks of life actually having some more um, input into some of these mainstream characters. And I think that's very cool. And so far with this first uh, volume, uh, quite effective at the moment. I think that it is very very good i would definitely recommend it i will be picking up volume two it's definitely one of the better things to come out of marvel recently and uh yeah i i'd say go buy it and read it because i i think i think if you don't you'd be missing out i think it's great so on to the short spoiler section so we're going to be short because there's not a great deal to spoil currently, um, but there's a few things that we weren't comfortable discussing in too much detail in the main review uh, because we didn't want to ruin it for you if you intend to read it. So, yeah, let's get started. So, um, more with the dissolution of the with the monarchy, which I thought was one of the most interesting points in there. The fact that T'Challa had been attacked, been in a coma, 
come back. Shuri had been killed by Namor and is so you've got like the um the justice structure it's like the main city the the golden city like the main city in, in wakanda they're trying to be civilized and they're trying to be you know like have like this like um air of um i guess trying to be civilized is the wrong word for it they're trying to have this air of uh like they want to be how do i put this they want to be progressive they don't want things like the death they, well they, they don't want you know people just doling out justice where where people see fit they want they want to sort of you know they want laws and everything else and they're trying to enforce these laws and they're trying to keep everything under under a lid and it doesn't seem to be working uh because of what has been going on elsewhere in the country that they they, they're finding difficult to control is where people are abusing their power which i mentioned before um tribal leaders uh specifically seem to be abusing their power over women a lot of the time like the the women in wakanda seem to be getting a, a bit of a raw deal and you've got a woman a former member of the dora Milache, who is being sentenced to death for defending a rape victim and she basically executes this uh she executes this tribal leader for you know abusing his power and being a rapist and she's up for execution for it and although what he was doing was a crime they're still you know it's 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 answering the question and not answering the question at the same time because they're, they're treating her as having done something awful and they're gonna but they're gonna do the same thing it's like eye for an eye but it's well, yeah well the scene yeah. is introduced by um her a partner or an, another one of the Dora Milache appealing to Ramonda, which is Black Panther's yeah. mother, um, who is acting in his place while he's away, um, at least as far as I can tell. Mm. And um, I think the character's name is Aneka. Oh, no, sorry. Um, Ayo is defending Aneka and uh, appealing to the mother by saying um, she's she was defending our women. Uh, and so why... Uh, why is she being sentenced to death for doing exactly what our brothers should have been doing for years? Mm. And um, Ramonda responds with, uh, how can you appeal to save her by pleading for some other standard? Like, I think that's a really interesting way of putting the, yeah. like setting in, setting into place the, the status quo of the justice system in Wakanda currently, where she knows that she has to stick to the, the structure yeah. as it is. Because if she doesn't, then it'll set a precedent for who can get away with whatever they want. Yeah, actions. that's what I was trying yeah. to get. That's what I was trying to get across. Because it, it, it murder is still murder, regardless of the motivation. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. you can't. There's no real, real place for vigilantes. Yeah. And what that yes. does yeah. is hold up the fact of like we have in our societies um, that you have like like the rule and letter of the law. But sometimes the institutions uh, fail the very people they should be protecting. Mm -hmm. But there's no real room to open the door to let people police themselves. Because, as you say, that could open the floodgates and then you lose the rule and of law. And I, I guess what she should have done is apprehended him and brought him to justice instead of in you know hot, all hot-headedness murdering him. Is what I think 
uh, is what I think uh, T'Challa's mother is trying to get across. But then even then, because of his power and influence, I think he might have gotten away with it. Yeah, yeah he would have gotten away. Yeah, he would have. So you've also got like on top of on top of this, where where you know you've got these. Um, she she's been sentenced, and and the you know the person appealing for her freedom happens to be her lover, and you get this whole sort of like breakout scene where they they break out and they steal some technology and um, they become the Midnight Angels, a sort of like two woman vigilante force to be reckoned with at the but, moment in Wakanda because yeah. like nobody yeah nobody <laughs> seems to be able to stand up to them and they seem to be leading the revolution from the inside and hmm. they're going around kicking ass, taking names, making examples of people, leaving dead bodies with messages on them, burning fields, you know, that kind of stuff. And I do I do love the contrast between the Midnight Angels actions and the Black Panthers actions where they will go in and uh, save an entire group of women who have been captured by these men. And it's, it's a joyous um, victory yeah. at the end. Whereas there's a scene where um, T'Challa goes in and, and lays waste to all these men who he believes are holding these women captive or um, are are doing something malicious. And he says, your king, he, he turns to the women afterwards and says, your king will protect you. And she turns around and says, these men were protecting us. So it's the, the, the clear contrast between yeah. how Midnight Angels are, are doing action in the correct way and T'Challa doesn't quite have the right direction mm. though one thing i do like as a counterpoint with that is that i like at the beginning where uh, uh like io is talking to uh an echo and she's saying mm. like what was your plan uh <laughs> yeah you broke me out and says i didn't really have one and i do kind of like how you have the those contrasts in their personality yeah. where one is the uh the hot-headed doer and mm. the other one is the more thoughtful, strategic yeah. one. So they but work it's... great as a team, but like you start to see some, uh, especially in the later issues, you start to see some of the shortfalls of that approach. Mm. Because once they leave an area, that area is unprotected. I do like how they got into this whole situation about being vigilantes because the one who is normally um, measured in, their, in her response is the one who... Um, in an act of uh, a crime of passion, murders the rapist. Yeah. And she's the one imprisoned. And the one who is, it, it turns out, is the hot-headed one, has to appeal for her um, for her freedom. I just, I like how the roles slightly yeah. flip there. And you can tell they're a little bit out of their comfort zones. And uh, you've got, uh, alongside this, you've got the, because uh, it's like a two-pronged attack. So you've got the people coming in from the outside as well. You've got mm. this uh, border nation of Wakanda, this like this 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 country that borders Wakanda called Naganda. That is, they've always had a, have always had beef with the Wakandans, as I've already explained. They've always, you know, they've they've never liked their neighbours at all. They blame their neighbours for the fact that they're in a shitty place, and they are also trying to. They're also they're basically using this as a way to seize. It, that, that what they see as a, like they're seizing it as an opportunity i guess and you've got these uh these two sort of i don't know if you want to call them revolutionary leaders because it's not a revolution from the nigandan side of things but they are wakandan people 
you've got this uh, this this uh, shaman called Tetu who has power over nature and seems to be able to control plants and bring rain and, and stuff like that. He's he's like he's like a rep he's like representative of the old world kind of thing because he's got all these like spiritual shamanistic powers um, that. Mm in total contrast to the way um T'Challa fights and the technology that he uses and the vibranium and everything else this guy seems to be doing just fine without it you know and then you've got his um his partner in crime sense who is a um I don't know, is she a mutant I don't know I get the impression it mentions her as being a metahuman yeah. when he's analyzing her initially yeah yeah and mm. and she's um she seems to have the ability to, as I've mentioned before as well, bring forward, bring bring emotions in in people to the forefront. So, if people, yeah, yeah, which I, which I sorry to jump in, but it's, it's that's an element that I really like, where it's not just oh they're being mind controlled. Hmm. Um, instead, it's a case of like there is that underlying tension, yeah, yeah that underlying displeasure, <clears throat> and what all she does is bring that she, to the she just surface. So the P, yeah, yeah, she's not controlling their individual yeah. actions. Yeah, she just liberates those uh, emotions and uh, misgivings, and I think that is really interesting because it doesn't really absolve the fact like, oh, it's all good now. Yeah. Um, we've stopped the mind control person. Knows that that stuff is there and it's, it's still there. It's exposed because I like this one bit where he uh, he confronts or T'Challa confronts her. And he describes how she's bringing out his internal shame, might, and rage. And because she's brought it out to him, it's brought it out to the people as well. Yeah. I've got, it, I've got the book in front of me at the moment. And I think she actually refers to herself as a liberator at one point. Mm. I'm trying to find it. But yeah, she, she actually says, I'm not, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm a liberator kind of thing. I just bring, she actually explains it that all she's doing is just, just stirring the pot, basically. <laughs> Rather than actually making people do this off, you know, off she, she's stirring the pot and they're doing it off their own back, which I think is a pretty cool mechanic. I quite like that. Which is like the miners right at the beginning of the book, which is where it all sort of starts. Those guys, those guys, you know, they weren't happy. They don't like, they didn't like their king. They're, you know, they're probably not happy with their job and whatever. You know, they have their grumbles. It be it, and then she she just turns up and she just whips him into a frenzy and that's it. This is where he's fighting his own people and he doesn't want to do it and he hates it and and then people are seeing this on TV like why is our king, you know, what people are probably seeing this on TV and whatever in in Wakanda or seeing this through whatever communication they use. I think they have like some mm-hmm. kind of like inbuilt computer implanty things and whatever. But they're all like seeing the, this footage of of their own king turning on the people and this is like further incensing them all. I think you know. I don't want to spend too much time yeah. on this question, but I was wondering if you guys understood what was happening in that scene, because there's a point where he was one of his people hands him a spear and this lightning bolt shoots out from it or down to it. And then, quote unquote, the hate fades from the people. Um, what was what mechanism was happening there? Like, how did he dis- dispel that spell that was that she'd had over them? Did you guys understand that? I know. Um no, I. <laughs> I just took yeah. it as given that he he had something which everyone, um, brought them yeah. back to normal. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah, but I think, yeah, these these kind of things are the the things that were confusing me at the time of reading it. Well, you can see they seem to kind of have like the spears, and they seem to have like a sort of a shock function anyway, because before they hand mm. the spear to him, they're using them on the people anyway, and then when they hand him mm. the spear, 
and he just stamps it into the floor. Um, I think it's like a, a yeah, pulse yeah, some or kind something. of like EMP, mm. EMP type thing or whatever that sort of wakes everyone up, some kind of pulse. Um, I'm not quite sure how okay. that works. Maybe maybe it's something to do with his... Vibranium. Yeah, something, something Who knows? Yeah, it's, it's on the vibranium. Maybe, yeah. maybe the vibranium carries the signal. I don't know. But, yeah, I mean... Yeah. Anyway, yeah. And... say so we've already mentioned how the people react to him trying to save them. As, as you were mentioning before, he, he's he's trying to help his people, but it seems like too little too late. And um, I think his mother brings that up to him as well. Um, when they're having that conversation in the sky above the city, which is like, I think that's towards the end of book four. Yeah. Um, where they sort of like, he's having this conversation with his mother and his mother's like, look, you know, you need to get them to, tr you need to teach them to trust you again. You need to get on their level, basically, because... They're seeing you as this this guy way up high in the ivory tower, doling out, you know, angry justice and and angry, angry punishment when, but very in a very distant yeah, yeah. manner. Yeah, and it seems like Charles not really learning his lesson yeah. because she says that to him in the first issue as well. Like it's not enough to be the sword; you have to be the intelligence behind yeah. it. And if she's saying that to him in the at the end of issue four as well, like why is he not? It's learning? like he's almost forgotten how to be king. Hmm. And I think that that's a major theme, um, where yeah. it's like I was saying earlier, he's a superhero who happens to be. Yeah, you get the impression mm. that he's just totally blinded to the fact that people don't like him, and he he just automatically assumes, "Well, my people love me. I'm the Black Panther. I'm you know I'm the guy," but obviously not. <laughs> you know, and I guess he still has. But the guilt from all the attacks that yeah. happened on Wakanda and then losing his sister yeah, as well. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And to round it all off, you've got the terrorism. So you've got like, uh, I think it finishes book four actually on, a, on like a, on like a mm. is it like a, would you call it, is it an Ugandan suicide bombing? It, it appears that yeah. way, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm. And, you know, in an, it, possibly in an attempt to assassinate him. Because uh, he was there in this crowd, and these bombs go off, and he does his best to protect who he can, and I think that's the start of um, probably going into the other issues. That's going to be the start of something really nasty. That's when it gets when it really mm. kicks off. But yeah, um, you've also got you you end up with um, going. This is going back now because uh, I forgot to mention it before, but it's where. Um, Aneka and Io, um, they uh, they team up with the Nagandan side of things, don't they? They have like this conversation with Tetu, mm. and they kind of like mm. start to coordinate yeah. their attack, which I think is where it starts to get really sort of dangerous. It's where like the but yeah, it, it mm. seems like an uneasy yeah, alliance. They, and I don't think they like what they're doing because they still like Wakanda. They still love their they love their country. You know, they they were the honor guard of the king for a while. They obviously have the country's best interest at heart, which is why at the start of the book they turned around and snapped their spears and went, "We ain't with you anymore," because you haven't got the country's best interest at heart. Which is that panel at the beginning of the book, you know, um, where it's got Namor, and yeah, 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 it's yeah. those guys, those those those. That's the Dora Milache, like turning around to him and going, "We're done with this," you know, we're quitting the band. So I think. You had some little facts and trivia to go through, didn't you, Ray? Because there's some interesting things that you picked up when you were going through this book that you wanted to bring out and speak to us all about. So go ahead. Well, 
yeah actually one of the things that I was most influenced by from this comic was being introduced to Coates's other outside works. So from reading the comic, I did some research on him and found the articles from The Atlantic, which I, I passed on to Leon, uh, not realizing that he must have read them years ago because he's been a fan of Coates from, uh, for quite a while now. And I have to thank you, Leon, for introducing <laughs> me to him because um, more so than this comic, which I, I, not to say I have mixed feelings on, but like I was lukewarm on because I wasn't really feeling it. Um, his book, uh, Between the World and Me, really struck a chord. Like, I really enjoyed that book, and I'm looking forward to reading more of his works going forward. Um, a couple of things I picked up on related to the comic. Um, the poem that Tetu, it seems that Tetu is reciting at the bookends of that issue, are actually a poem by a, a man called Henry Dumas, who was a young black man um, who was shot to death in 1968 while... Uh, going through a turnstile at a New York subway station, um, shot by a cop. And this is a man who Coates was introduced to at his time at university. Um, and I think it's just nice that he's found a way to put in references to things that influenced him and reintroduce the world, as it were, to lesser known underground poets and artists. Um, so I thought that was a nice touch. And I'll looking into more of his works maybe i think his works were also published by tony morrison and i've been meaning to read more of uh, her writings too so mm. that's it's just it's things leading on to other things um the other thing i found while looking up more information about Coates and his his influences on black the black Panther comic i found a video um on youtube which is a a preview for this comic run um, overlaid with music from Run the Jewels, um, who I know both me and Leon are big fans of. Um, and Run the Jewels, in fact, did a couple of covers, or they, or Marvel did a bunch of covers uh, doing the, the Pistol and Fist uh, logo from Run the Jewels. And I just think it's it's kind of cool how it all ties in. And we've, I will leave a link to the show notes for that. And I have uh, that special edition one for issue two, I believe it is. Yes, or Black Panther. <clears throat> very, very jealous of that. It's <laughs> super cool, and we'll put a link to that. Uh, it is. It is very cool. Well. I, I do. Yeah, I do end. like those covers. Yeah. They're very, very, very cool. Yeah. So I guess that wraps it up. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that's about all. Thanks again for listening, guys. You can find us at Ace Comicals on Facebook. You can find us under at Ace Comicals on Twitter. Uh, you can find us on uh, the internet at www.acecomicals.com, which is our new podcast website, uh, Run Through Fireside. You can find us uh, on iTunes under Ace Comicals, and you will be able to uh, send, field us any questions, uh, anything you want to ask uh, through acecomicals at gmail.com. Uh, you can also find our blog at acecomicals.wordpress.com. Yeah, uh, if you want to contact us individually, if you want to ask any questions to us specifically, I guess you can contact me through Twitter at Bato. Uh, Ray? Yeah, uh, at Twitter as well. So that's at Monke, which is at M-O-O-N-K-E-H. And Leon? And with me, it's uh, at Leon Everett on Twitter. Yeah, so um, thanks for listening, guys. It's been Ace Comicals. Over and out.